This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, October 10th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week, the association between temperature and alcohol and substance-related disorder hospital visits in New York State is in communications medicine. The study found that an increase in temperature zero to six days prior to seeking hospital care was associated with an increase in rates in care. Increase in visits was highest when opioids were involved and lowest for sedatives. These results indicate that the rise in SUD hospital visits is linked to continued rising temperatures related to climate change. Healthcare and social interventions could potentially mitigate these harms. Next, we have a study in the American Journal of Psychiatry titled Long-Term Use of Benzodiazepines and Benzodiazepine-Related Drugs, a Register-Based Danish Cohort Study on Determinants and Risk of Dose Escalation. Researchers identified over 900,000 incident BZRA users, of whom 15% and 3% became long-term users for more than one or seven years, respectively. These percentages were highest for individuals who initiated Z drugs. Psychiatric comorbidity, especially substance use disorder, was associated with higher risk of long-term use and dose escalation. This study does not, under the current regulations, support the belief that BZRA use frequently results in long-term use or dose escalation. Next, in addiction biology, is a study titled Hippocampal Volume Loss in Individuals with a History of Non-Fatal Opioid Overdose. There have been multiple reports of an acute amnesiac syndrome associated with opioid use and overdose. This study measured hippocampal volume on MRI scans of 49 patients with OUD. The hippocampal volume was significantly less in those with a history of overdose compared to those without overdose. The authors suggest that this hippocampal injury underlies the opioid overdose amnesiac syndrome. Next is a study titled Effect of COVID-19 on the Long-Term Cardiovascular Outcomes Among Patients with Alcohol Use Disorder in Journal of Addiction Medicine. This study matched patients with AUD and a laboratory-confirmed diagnosis of COVID with AUD patients without a history of COVID. The measured outcome was major cardiovascular events during the year following COVID diagnosis. In patients with AUD, a COVID diagnosis significantly increased the risk of a major cardiovascular event. Next, in drug and alcohol dependence, is a study titled Racial and Ethnic Disparities in Timely Receipt of Buprenorphine Among Medicare Disability Beneficiaries. Persons who receive Medicare disability benefits are at a higher risk of developing opioid use disorder, but also frequently have difficulty accessing medical services. In this study, researchers look at Medicare disability beneficiaries with OUD access to buprenorphine and racial disparities. Overall, the study found that Black, Asian, and Pacific Islander and Hispanic and Latinx persons were all less likely to receive buprenorphine than white beneficiaries within 180 days. Efforts are needed to improve access to treatment for all beneficiaries, including removing barriers and expanding telehealth, but these efforts also need to specifically address the significant racial and ethnic disparities in access. Next is a study in Substance Use and Misuse, titled 
opioid misuse, and associated health risks among adults on probation and parole. This study interviewed persons on probation and parole and compared their substance use and health risks to the general population. The authors found that rates of opioid use were four times higher than those on parole compared to the general population. In addition, those on parole with opioid use had much higher rates of other health risks, including other substance use, significant mental health issues, and involvement in crime. Next, we have an article in Pediatrics titled Pediatric ADHD Medication Errors Reported to United States Poison Centers. Over a 22-year period, close to 150,000 errors were reported, with an annual increase of nearly 300%. Results reveal that some 2.3% of children were admitted to a healthcare facility, 4.2% had an untoward outcome, and the errors predominantly affected those under 6 years of age. Errors included dosing medication twice, taking another person's medication, and the wrong medication administered or taken by the child. Consideration of safer packaging and caregiver education is warranted. Our final article, Behavioral and Neurocognitive Factors Distinguishing Post-Traumatic Stress Comorbidity in Substance Use Disorders, is in Translational Psychiatry. This study employed supervised machine learning algorithms and neurocognitive tasks, demonstrating that within a population of individuals with SUD, aberrations in tolerating and regulating aversive internal experiences may also characterize those with significant trauma histories. The results also highlight the need for further research on PTSD and SUD comorbidity in order to capture additional comorbid diagnoses that may influence the PTSD-SUD relationship. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ASAM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary, delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and asam.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.